Rachel's touching me inappropriately, guys, and I can't. She just touched me with her foot, and I'm just poking me, and Thor's licking my feet awkwardly. We should um, talk about the time I sniffed your wrist. Oh, my God. Did we not talk about that yet? I don't think so. That's, like, the defining that's moment like, in our relationship. That's one of our origin stories. That's, how... like, that moment is when we just, like, we're, like, there is no more line. Like, the line no longer exists. <laughs> so, Kat, you had, what, like, perfume on or something? You were, like... Yeah. What was it? You're like, here, smell my perfume. I think it was wrist. perfume. And I, a normal person, I'm like, here, smell my, smell my perfume. This, she comes in hot. And just like her nose touches my wrist. And it was one of those moments where we both just kind of froze. And we're just like. I literally, <laughs> like, I think my nose was still on her wrist. And I like, looked up at you like, uh-huh. It was the most com- classically just comical, happened? just like, what the fuck just happened moment. And yeah, that was definitely when our no lines were 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 had. Oh man! Every now and then, I like accidentally. It's an accident. I accidentally grab like her hand or something. Yeah, it's uncomfortable as fuck. Oh man! You're the only person who gets away with that without being punched in the face. Oh, I feel so special. Thank you. I really don't want to be punched in the face. Yeah, no. No, it's always an accident. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, man. so hello. I'm Rachel. I'm Kat. This is difficult, Danzels. Well, you look back at me like you're up, but I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're um we're trying something a little different today because Rachel, me, <laughs> hi, hey, I needed a research break. I was getting kind of burned out. Yeah. So and she thought I was a little farther along in my research than I actually was. <laughs> oh, it's all good. You have a lot going on. I have all the research. I just need to, you know. Put it together. Put it together and make yeah. it sound like it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, now it's the homework part. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a nerd. I like homework. So Yeah, I like, always hated homework. I never did homework. I like it if it's a subject I'm interested in. Even if it's, if it's a subject I'm interested in, I'm like, is it extra? No. I no. Well, I also, I make it part of my routine. Um, like, I have certain days out of the week. Like, I know I'm going to write. So Friday after work is my big day. And then every other Saturday. So the Saturday, so we normally record Saturday. It's Saturday. Every other Saturday. Yeah. So the Saturday we don't I record. You looked at me when you said it's Saturday. Like you needed me to confirm like it's yeah, Saturday. I did, <laughs> when you work from home because of COVID, like oh, the yeah. days truly blend and blur together. Honestly, my days are blended too. And I work from the office. Just you just, yeah, had a lot going on. We've <laughs> still, we, like I live here, Kat still has <laughs> Thor. Oh yeah. You can say we were basically married. <laughs> Not yet. We're we're still in that patrolable stage. How do you know where your thing is? <gasps> How could you? I think it's in my jewelry box. <laughs> now I want to go check. <laughs> I demand that you wear my ring every time I come over now. <laughs> it's summer. It's hard for me to wear rings. It's hard for me to wear rings during summer because my Makes fingers sense. become sausages, like more so. Well, plus it's sweaty and gross. Yeah. Just my fingers swell. My feet. Oh my god. Oh, that's they swelled so bad the other day, yeah. and I like put them up, and I was like, my feet look like balloons, like you know those 
those little balloon ants. I don't know that that's a summer thing, Kat. You it's need it's to go water to retention. It's just, it's just it's fine. Okay. Everything's fine. I'm just telling the part at 31. Don't even worry about it. So this um this episode's gonna be a little different. There's no We don't get real distracted in this episode. Oh, we always do. There's no like strict format. Um we're just doing it very loose and off the cuff. It'll be very conversational. I love that you can tell the difference between Rachel's Virgo and my Aries just by what we brought to the table today. <laughs> because you brought a page of notes. Oh, it's everything I have is like pictures and screenshots in my phone. I'm like, well, I'm just going to win. It's quotes. <laughs> so I learned something. But, but it's the fact that you've organized it and you've made it like it's all on one page. Whereas mine, I'm like, I'm going to be searching through and like, I think it's right. Oh, yeah, here it is. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> no, I did actually make a folder on my phone. You want to see how much of a nerd I am? See, you do have some <laughs> like earthy qualities because you have yeah. a folder. I have yeah. to find all my that's shit my in my album. I have one album. Hey, See, yeah. that's organized. You're oh, organized no. I, in I, way. I figured out the folder thing when I started doing storyboards and, like, designing tattoos and stuff. I need to start stuff. doing that. Yeah. Because right now, everything is in one album. if anyone comes on my phone and be like, these are some wildly inappropriate photos in here, cat. So I learned I something about myself. <laughs> what? So I found a new astrology app. Oh, God. That's um, not new. <laughs> no, but this one is really in-depth. It's yes. called charts and it'll it'll pull up your chart for you I'm sorry the app is called charts it's called charts it's very inventive you know what i she gonna get it <sighs> so it's cool the way it breaks it down is this is not an app or an ad for no charts. this is not we are not sponsored by <laughs> if charts. you guys want to sponsor us feel free <laughs> to contact us at difficult.dancels at gmail.com <laughs> so right now it's showing the current transit from where we're at which is phoenix um and then <laughs> it was like english <laughs> And then this is me. So I get my general when I was born transits. And then... Um, okay, when you say transits for people who don't do astrology. I'm sorry. <laughs> so transit just means literally where everything is in the sky right now. Ah. And how those planetary aspects and the sign that they're in, how they affect you. And it breaks it down based on your rising, your moon, all of that. Guys, I had no idea what any of this meant until I started dating Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten so many people into it. It's, it's really exciting. If you're, if you're truly interested in learning more about yourself, and if you learn about yourself, you're going to learn some things you don't like. Yeah, you're going to learn, learn, like not like fake learn, where you only learn the good things. But if you want to, if you want to work on those things, um, astrology is really interesting. But last time, I mean, <laughs> it really depends on what your priorities oh, are. So, <laughs> so pulling up my moon sign. So my moon, I'm a Virgo, but my moon sign is in Libra. Yeah. So it tells you. So your moon is your emotions, your feelings, your moods, your intuition, your unconscious behavior, uh, all the stuff you don't necessarily show. You've seen this. Yeah, You've yeah. seen that side of me. But yeah. the average person's not going to see this. Okay. I'm special, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so my emotions, and it breaks it down, is expressed with the qualities of a Libra. So you might be surprised to learn I'm actually pretty romantic. <laughs> what? <laughs> Peaceful. Excuse me. I'm charming. I'm polite. No, I don't see any. <laughs> don't make me. I'll pull up the the mark. Yeah, her romance is sniffing your wrist. <laughs> um, it shows you the positive qualities, but also the negative qualities. So when I'm in a bad mood, 
I am indecisive, unemotional. I can be vain, passive aggressive, self absorbed. You can be very passive aggressive. Really? Yeah. See, I didn't know that about yeah. myself. Interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to It's work not on. like in an outright, well, obviously passive aggressive is not outright, but like there's some things that you say and I like, I pick up on the fact that you're mad because I'm like, she's just like passive aggressive as shit. <laughs> I'm trying to be better about that. I mean, I call I you really, out on it, but. <laughs> no, you do. And you've made me more aware of it. Um, and then it breaks it down even further because my moon is in the 11th house. So it says it's shown. The what now palace? So just as there are 12 zodiac signs, there are 12 houses. And your house structure is determined by your rising sign. I'm talking about Hogwarts now. It's horrible. (laughs) So anyway, the 11th house is the house of friendships and humanitarian interests. So my, my friendships and like what's going on in the world has a huge influence on my emotions. So sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It gets exhausting. But that's why I love this app. It literally breaks it down. So if you pull up my Mars, which is, um, let's read it. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) So Mars represents your desires, your drive, your aggression, your sexuality, um, and your your anger and your energy. So that's the fun one. Yes. So mine is in Capricorn, which means usually I'm pretty responsible, ambitious, disciplined, mature, reserved, but I'm gonna question that mature thing. <laughs> productive. You know me. Like mm-hmm. once I yeah, set yeah. my mind to something, oh, yeah. I fucking do it. Yeah, yeah. But the flip side of that, um, the bad or the negative qualities are you can be broading, prideful, broading? brooding. Sorry. <laughs> brooding. Snobbish, controlling, insecure, and unforgiving. See, so my first initial impression of you was correct in that aspect. Oh, the brooding? <laughs> well, the, the, I don't know why. I think it was just because you're from California and I had a bit of resentment from have, my experience in California. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's interesting because I get told a lot that if I'm not talking and you don't know me, I have a resting bitch face. But the moment, I start. It's your posture too, because you have that gymnast posture. Yeah. And that gymnast posture, if you don't know that person as a gymnast, can come off as very like, fuck you and all your shit. Like all into myself. Yeah. (laughs) I've I've had other people just tell me I look like the most confident person in the world when I'm walking, and I'm like, yeah, that was ten years of gymnastics and a back brace in junior high school. Like I literally have no control over that. It's literal conditioning. Did we tell? Did we tell our? Or, or uh, how we, I think we did. We can talk about it again. I don't want to. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Our origin story about how we became friends. Yeah. I think we did. Oh, okay. I think we did in the intro. I just think it's great that, like, all the, I think you, you're right. Yeah. What? That we, we told oh. in the intro. But yeah, I just think it's funny that, like, all of my friends <laughs> who are, like, my really close friends, I hated them all to begin with. Like, well, that's I why just, you can't. Not even hated. I just, I was like, I don't. You want to can't with you. judge people without knowing them, catch. Sure the fuck I can. It's just oh. later. <laughs> the thing I was trying to tell you. I just have to be open to later when, you know, I accidentally on purpose trip them. Before we got distracted. Oh, we got so, <laughs> so I'm a Virgo, but you have different signs in your chart that actually um, are like the dominant signs. Yeah. So for me. You guys didn't see because we're on a podcast, the hard quotation marks. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is all theoretical, <laughs> but so my, my two most dominant are Virgo and Libra. So I relate to a lot of Libra stuff too, but then I also have a lot of Scorpio and Capricorn. 
I didn't know I had Scorpio. You're just saying words to me. Like, <laughs> Scorpio is my favorite sign. And I've always been like, I don't have any Scorpio because it's not in like oh, my yeah, you do. main signs. Apparently. Apparently, <laughs> like, it's one of my oh, most dominant signs. I'm going to do yeah. yours after this. And we're going to look at it. Fuck you. Anyway, this is not an astrology. No, it's not. I probably could do one. You? Oh yeah, she could talk for hours about. But this is um, we decided to do just kind of who are podcast name because we didn't actually say that. We did. We said difficult dance. Oh, I don't think we did. (laughs) I'm pretty sure we. I was like, I'm Rachel. Okay, this is difficult dance. Hi. (laughs) Um. No, we got distracted by your awkward look at me. We're almost 13 minutes in, and the whole point of this episode. So, if you don't want to stick around, whatever. But, what did I call it? A personal pivot? Because I don't know. I'm not talking anymore. Anyway, I want to be silent this whole episode. No, you're not. People, <laughs> I'm on strike. People like your comments. It can't just be me. No one will stick around if it's just me. Oh, they will. <laughs> won't. I need you. I need you. Jessica. <laughs> So we're just going to talk about kind of our favorite fictional difficult damsels and just yeah. the female characters who've inspired us. Yeah. And had an influence on us. Yeah. And then we have a little... We have a lot of uh, similar ones. We do. Yeah. Or like yeah. overlapping ones, I guess I should say. Yeah. I mean, what's our things that are in common? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that noise was. <laughs> just made like a... You're going to vomit. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> So I guess for me, I have a couple I wrote down, but I think the major ones are the women from A Song of Ice and Fire, and then Yennefer yes. from The Witcher. Yennefer from The Witcher. Um, not just the show, but um, also the books and the games. Because we liked everything before the show, and the show just made it we so much so better. Cool. No. <laughs> we were cooler before it was cool to be cool. What? Did I ever tell you? <laughs> so did I ever tell you how back when I was, like, trying the dating app thing, um, I used to get a decent amount of people because I was a gamer. Yeah. And anytime I found out somebody played The Witcher, I always asked, um, what's your favorite? I always ask, who did you romance? Because I was like, this is a dating app. Like, it's a perfectly relevant question. Yeah. And your your two main options in Witcher 3 are Yennefer and Triss. <laughs> Sorry. I feel strongly. <laughs> yeah, we both do. Um, but it was always a good litmus, litmus test of, like, what kind of woman you're looking for. Because Triss is very much I'll do anything for you and I'll be whoever you want me to be and Jennifer is like I'm me bitch and you will follow along <laughs> precisely yeah yeah like Tris um I think she, she the games write her as being a little more what's the word substantial I'm, as a character <laughs> yeah she she kind of has her own thing going on but in the book she's very much just like she's at she's nipping at Geralt's heels the yeah. whole time she her personality it's one of those things where her personality becomes all about him yeah and the thing with Yennefer is a lot of it's the result of her trauma from her childhood and like what she went through she had like a humpback in the books and then as she trained to be a sorceress at the sorceress's school she just she undergoes a lot and it it makes her very cynical about the world because she realizes that 
the sorcerers are trained really to just kind of be puppets for the different yeah. governments of the world and the different countries. Every every country gets like a sorceress. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they're basically like almost servants in a way. Kind of, they just, especially depending on whichever um, country and whichever king or queen they end up serving. Yeah, she, she thought, you know, she was going to go and be this all-powerful sorceress and, you know, help basically rule wherever she was. And yeah, you see it that. It turns right. out she's basically, like, used as a nursemaid. And, you know, Season one, like, really yeah. shows that um, yeah. of The Witcher. But she's very much, like, when Geralt meets her, she has herself established. She knows what she wants. She has her goals. And... And he very much admires that about her, yeah. but it's also Daryl's very much a side note for her. Like I, yeah, I'm into you, but like if you get in my way or if you do something I don't like, like I'm perfectly fine with yes. you. Anyway, yeah, Yennefer is not afraid to leave. Yeah, and Triss does everything she can to get Geralt to love her. So again, if if all you want is somebody molding their personality to match yours. Those are the people who like, I, I just, I was a little iffy about the men who are like, yeah, I chose Tris because Yennefer was a bitch or bossy. And I'm like, so you don't so you're like not going to like me. <laughs> yeah. I will say like her jealousy in the games is more potent. Yes. In the books. Um, especially again, when you meet Geralt and Yennefer in the books, you're meeting them early in their journey. So there's a lot of character development they have to go through, yeah. but over time, Geralt goes off and has his own romances and, and Yennefer is very much all about finding Ciri. Yeah. Ciri's her surrogate daughter. Everything she does is for Ciri and for Geralt. Yeah. And that's where you get the differences between Triss and Yennefer in the books, because this might be a spoiler. Spoiler alert, Spoiler alert for the show it. because it's coming from the books, but they develop a sorcerer's lodge and it's basically all the sorcerers is the most powerful one. So Triss will be involved in this and all the other really powerful sorcerers. They're like, okay, you know what? The governments don't know what they're doing. So we're going to start running things on the side and it's all so they can get their hands on Siri. Yeah. Yennefer is the only one who's like, you're not going to use me. I'm going to make sure I do everything I can for Siri. Yeah. Not for any of you. Yeah. Not to use her. Yeah. And that is she's where very loyal. she's very loyal. And and despite the fact that like Triss is in love with Geralt. And I think that's where her her jealousy stems from is she's super, super loyal. And then to have someone who at this point. Yeah. To have someone who is loyal but like will still stray. Like he doesn't yeah. stray stray, but he still strays. I mean it so when it when their relationship relationship is still pretty young. I literally just read the chapter where she's see, <laughs> Gemma. I don't know what she's doing. Gemma try to eat the blinds. <laughs> so um, the chapter I just read was the ice shard, and it's where Yennefer is literally like seeing Geralt and Eastrid. I think it's Eastrid. At the same time. Oh, yeah. And then they, they they do the duel and they realize that even in having to duel one another, they've already lost Yennefer because she doesn't want to have to choose between the two of them. Yeah. Later on, like, Geralt is very much her priority, Geralt and Ciri. But that that's years down the road. And at that point, she is pretty loyal to him. Yeah. And to Ciri. Like, they're her family, basically. Yeah. 
And I, I wrote down a few quotes from Yennefer, and this is just kind of embodies everything about her I love. Um, so one of her quotes is, I'm not heartless. I've just learned how to use my heart less. I love that. Because she's been hurt. Yeah. Because she's been betrayed. She's been shown that the world really doesn't care about you. You have to be careful with who you show your affections for. Yeah. Because otherwise you'll get used. Yeah. 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 It's kind of sad when you think about it, but yes. Yeah. It's also very true. (laughs) Yeah. She says in the books, Ignore those people who talk about you behind your back. That's where they belong. Fuck yeah. Another great mindset of like, I don't know. I'm huge on not gossiping. Like if somebody is not in the room, I, I don't like talking about them because yeah. they're not there to speak up for themselves. It's a huge thing for me. But it's also like if somebody's talking about me, it's like, I guess you have nothing else going on in yeah. your life. You got to focus <laughs> on me. So. I'm not as concerned with it. Yeah. Oh, here's another quote. Men like to meet their former lovers, like to relive memories. They like to imagine the erstwhile erotic ecstasies give them some kind of perpetual ownership of their partner. It enhances their self-importance. You are no exception in spite of everything. Damn. She says that to Geralt during one of the times he comes back. Hell yeah. Another great quote by her, again from the books, is... The individual has always had to struggle to keep from being overwhelmed by the tribe. If you try it, you will be lonely often and sometimes frightened, but no price is too high to pay for the, pri- for the privilege of owning yourself. Yes. Jennifer has it down. <laughs> she does. She, she needs to learn how to be a little more open with the people that <laughs> love her. <laughs> but I um, think that's something we can all relate to, which is oh, yeah. why I love yeah. the books. Yeah. Because they talk about that a lot. That's why I love Yennefer, because she's very protective of herself. Yeah. And it took her a very long time to figure out to be protective of herself. Yeah. But now she's, like, protective to a fault. And I can relate to that. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Didn't you and I were talking about, you have a quote you were telling me about. It's not from Yennefer, but it was. Oh, yeah. It's from a different character. That's why it's not from your character. Okay. So it's, um. Sarah J. Mass is one of my favorite authors, and one of her characters is Nesta Archeron, and she's the sister of the main character. They, she just got her own book, so I'm like really into her. But in the book, when they were introducing her, it was her sister taught her sister and her sister's mate talking about Nesta, and Nesta comes off as very difficult and very like bitchy, same as you know Jennifer, if you don't know her, mm-hmm. but um. I think that's the key right there, if you don't know her. Yeah, if you don't know her. Yeah. yeah. Um, she basically says, Nesta is different from most people. She comes across as rigid and vicious, but I think it's a wall, a shield, like the one Reese has in his mind. Um, the person asks, ooh, as I drop this, against what? <laughs> and then um, she says, feeling. I think Nesta feels everything, sees too much, sees and feels it all. And she burns with it. Keeping that wall up helps from being overwhelmed, from caring too greatly. She will never be like more a different character. She will never love. (laughs) Gonna start that one over. (laughs) She will never love freely and gift it to everyone who crosses her path. But the few she does care for, I think Nesta would shred the world apart for them, shred herself apart for them. And yeah, I like I like that, and I, I definitely. 
definitely clung on to the she sees too much and feels too much. The and thing she uses I, that shield. The thing I texted to you is you are that person. You are that person that gets overwhelmed because you're you're very empathic. You literally absorb the emotions of like people in the world around yeah, you. Which is why social situations suck for me. Yes. <laughs> and you it's that line, the whole does not give her love freely to anyone who crosses her path. That's very much you. Yeah. 100%. And then me, I'm the opposite. I give everyone I meet the benefit of the doubt. I love almost too freely, and I've had to learn how to pull that back. Yeah. Because both, both of those mindsets of not opening up to everybody or being too open to people can be exhausting in their own different ways. Yeah. Well, for you, I know that you struggle with putting in more than what you're getting from the other person. Yeah. And I feel that in my soul most days <laughs> where it's, you know, you, you put your all into something and then it's like perfect analogy. You know, you, you, you send someone this like giant paragraph and, you know, yeah. feelings and emotions and then you get back a K and you're like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I am very much done. I, yeah. If I get a K back, I'm just like, <laughs> That I'm was, never bothering with you again. Yeah, that yeah. You feel like you're like almost bothering the person. You're like, well, excuse the fuck out of me for trying to have a deep conversation that's actually meaningful. But that you know, was my struggle with yeah online dating. That's why I couldn't do it. So the thing I've learned that's kind of helped me amend that a little bit is the saying: you can only meet people as deeply as they've met themselves. Yeah, and I get all the shallow people who don't know how to like delve deep into their they're usually too scared. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's not well, your scared job. people. Are, yeah. Scared people don't do well with me because yeah, I have learned through trial and error that I, I just, I give everything you like do. not, not personal things, but I like, I hate small talk. I can't stand like, Same. how was your day? Like my day was shit. Do you really want to know? Like, don't ask me how my day was. How if you was really your don't day? It, today was great. Okay. <laughs> I, I tend to ask that question, but I know some people don't like it, so I try to be yeah. cognizant of that fact. Yeah. I mean, no, today today's been great. It's only, I mean, it's only, what, two o'clock, so there's still time. No. <laughs> you know that if you're having a bad day, like, I am genuinely interested in hearing about it if, yeah. if you need to talk about oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But not everybody is like that. See, usually when I have a bad day, it's a, it's a, you don't hear from me for, like, yeah. weeks. <laughs> I don't let you go that long. I mean, you don't. She doesn't. <laughs> She's like, hey, how you doing? You've been quiet. How you doing? It will be like three yeah. days. We'll be like, hey, are you alive? Yeah, if <laughs> okay. I'm not like incessantly texting her, she's like, she's something drunk. <laughs> yeah. And usually by then I'm just like, okay, you don't want to talk. Do you want just music? Like, what do you want? What can I do for you? She's Without like right, being guys. too invasive. Yeah. Sometimes people need their space. Yeah. But. That turned into a therapy treehouse session. I mean. <laughs> What if our conversations don't, honestly? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like you said, we don't like the superficial shallows. So no. We want to go deep. This is... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and on that and awkward note. In any way you can imagine. <laughs> so we have, for fun, for funsies, because of our love for, she's doing the pause dance. You're not, you're, no pause dance. Okay. <laughs> I just, um, if you don't mind it going longer. I, well, I want to talk about our tattoos. Oh, yeah. Because we're talking about Jennifer. Yeah. Um, so Rachel and I. Have matching tattoos. Like, what, two? <laughs> we do. We have two. 
it's fine. Um, we have matching tattoos, but they're not like fully matching. So we got the the Witcher, the sigil that's at the end of um, the so, last episode. Yes, in the Witcher show, because it incorporates the wolf that is Geralt, the swallow that is Ciri, and then uh, the star that is Yennefer, the obsidian star. Yeah. <laughs> it's an it's important it's yes. a protection star <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's it, it was really cool so i was like oh we should get this as a tattoo because like we said we love the games the books and now the show yeah um and so we both wanted to get a saying and there's a line in the show is it in the books it's not in the books it's not in the books it's yeah. in the show it's in the show and it's um reserve your chaos which is what cat got yeah which is and we were talking about it. We were both going to get reserved your chaos, but then we both kind of were like, well, how cool would that be? You know, because I, as an Aries, sure as shit need to reserve the chaos that comes out of me most days. And, but you are a Virgo yeah, and you need to unleash your chaos. Yes. So there's a, that line in the book, reserve your chaos. And then there's let your chaos explode. Yeah. And I have let your chaos explode with my mm-hmm. tattoo. So it was kind of, this is I'm like obsessed with this tattoo no like, I love the tattoo it's, the, it's one of my favorites yeah. like it's just hands down the best tattoo Kat <laughs> has her tattoo on her ankle and I have mine on my back right shoulder yeah I love my inner ankle which <laughs> hurts a lot more than the outer ankle yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah I feel bad I gave Rachel so I was with her for her first tattoo which was also a matching tattoo and it's a it's a my favorite murder tattoo it's ssdgm which means stay, stay sexy, sexy and, and don't get murdered <laughs> goodbye goodbye <laughs> um, and then it has like a tree line and that's another expression in the in the my favorite murder podcast which is stay out of the forks because yeah. that's where the dead that's shit happens <laughs> but she got hers on her inner ankle and i promised her up and down that it, I, I okay so here's what i said i didn't tell her it wouldn't hurt I've never said you that. You said it would feel like a cat's tongue. No, I said that. I said cat's claw. Okay. No. No. You said, no. said it was like sandpaper on your skin. This was not. This was like a drill. In my defense, in all my of ankle. mine felt like that. <laughs> but yeah, the placement that she had it, it yeah. It, when it's it wraps beautiful. around, oh my God, when it wraps around your shin, I'm just like, I'm going to die. <laughs> Yeah. It was, yeah, but anyway, we digress. I did the <laughs> hard one first. Now yeah. I've got all the other ones planned on fleshy parts. That one didn't hurt, right? This one, so the one on my back, it wasn't too bad. I, I don't like pain, so my pain threshold See, is See, yeah, and I, I warned you, I have a high yeah. threshold for pain. The, so. the outline part and the lettering, like, it hurts for a second, um, but the shading. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because she's basically hurt. coloring your skin. Needles. Yes. Shading. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just like, I have one on the outside of my arm. I'm just like washing her shade. I'm like, there, that's all cool. <laughs> we still got to oh do our gosh. consultation for our next tattoo. We do. I know. Yeah. I've been, I've been slacking. Well, I mean, this is a good segue. <laughs> so my next tattoo Ooh, is perfect. going to involve um, our next person that she loves. Yeah. So I have basically two characters that I very much relate to and Yennefer is one of them. Yennefer, the the evolved version of Yennefer is kind of what I aspire to be. And then the other character, um, and I know I get so much flack <laughs> about this character, it's Sansa Stark 
from A Song of Ice and Fire. The books, not the show. The books, yeah. So when <laughs> That I talk distinction about, needs to be made clear. <laughs> when I talk about any characters going forward um, from A Song of Ice and Fire, very much talking about the book characters because the show characters are really only the same in name only. They're like, like surface level. Yeah. Yeah. Not double but deep as we talked about. Anyone who knows me knows that I get very defensive. You guys never ever watch the show with Rachel. It's entertaining. So if you want, we should do just, that. <gasps> yeah. Oh my God. Do that. Uh, just, I'm very defensive over Sansa. Do not insult her in my presence. Ever. Ever. You want to see Rachel get riled up? That's one way to do it. When I figure out the reason for that is because she represents my inner child. Like, like little baby Rachel. Itty bitty Rachel. Itty bitty Rachel <laughs> had been like Sansa, had been the dutiful daughter that was raised to be polite and diplomatic and just and good and kind. Um, also a little gullible. Like I loved, I love a good story, as you know, like we're telling this podcast right now. As much I, as I want to believe I was the Arya Stark, like spunky tomboy, the reality is, is I was always in my head. I was always quiet and I believed good things happened to good people just because they were good. And that's just not the world. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah. So when people, and again, in the books, I think she's like eight or nine when all this stuff goes down in, in season one of Game of Thrones. Everybody blames Sansa for Ned Stark dying. I'm like, no, blame the parents. No, no. Like, that's <laughs> on him. But she, she learns the hard way of what happens when you take your rose-colored glasses off and you see the world for what it is. And one of the quotes from the books, it's from um, A Storm of Swords. It's the third book, and it's when the Tyrells come to King's Landing and she's meeting Marjorie and Elena Terrell for the first time. And she's looking at, you didn't get this in the show, but the, the Terrells are literally this huge family that have four main um, siblings. So you have Marjorie and Loris, but you also have two older brothers and that's Willis Terrell. He's the heir and Garland Terrell. He's like this very, um, chivalrous knight <laughs> and then you have all of these cousins literally like i think 10 or 12 of them they're a very fertile family <laughs> Jesus, stop it no more <laughs> so sansa's watching them and she thinks to herself they are children they are silly little girls even eleanor they've never seen a battle they've never seen a man die they know nothing their dreams were full of songs and stories, the way hers had been before Joffrey cut her father's head off. Sansa pitied them. Sansa envied them. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's this like, <laughs> I think at this point she's like 11. Yeah. And it's it's understanding the loss of innocence. Yeah. You do you do miss that that yeah. innocence when you, you know, you see people with you're their eyes wired it? shut and yeah, your eyes are wide open. And you envy it. And, yeah, and you pity it. Yeah, you're like you don't know what's coming. It's that weird storm of emotions where you're just yeah. like, I don't know which one to focus on more. So it's just yeah, gonna be a clusterfuck of all of them. <laughs> yeah, that's. And then the the tattoo I'm gonna get is it's a crescent moon with a blue rose through it, which is also a reference to Lyanna Stark 
in a song of ice and fire and then the text around it will be porcelain ivory steel and in the book she thinks to herself my skin has turned to porcelain to ivory to steel and it's just that idea of of growing up and growing a thicker skin over time yeah so like porcelain's fragile steel is unbreakable is still unbreakable it's pretty close okay <laughs> I mean, it's not unbreakable. Well, you have to. Think but it's harder to break than porcelain. <laughs> yeah, you have to think of this in in like medieval terms. Yeah, steel would represent the like sword. a sword. Yeah, yeah. Swords can still break. Yes, they if can. they're made poorly. <laughs> okay, the idea is that it's not to be poorly made steel. <laughs> but yeah, we'll never know. And then um. As, did you want to go? No, no. You, are you sure? I, I was going to do the Legertha next, but I'll just, who do you have next? Well, I, I have the conversations between Cersei and Sansa. No, I like those. So keep going. Okay. It's all on your lines. <laughs> so I look at my phone and she's like, do you have something? I was like, I want things, but I'll wait. To I'll, I'll do these and then we can transition <laughs> over. Um, so just kind of in relation to our podcast, which which talks about power and which talks about a woman's role within the world and how women's roles have been very limited, especially the women we're covering, which come from Renaissance, medieval and the ancient world. And uh, Cersei in a clash of Kings, it's during the battle of Blackwater. So I think some of this conversation did end up on the show, but Probably out of context, and it didn't mean as much. (laughs) Yeah, she talks about how she and Jamie are twins, but they both had very different expectations for them growing up based on the fact that she was female and he was male. And she says, When we were little, Jamie and I were so much alike that even our Lord Father could not tell us apart. Sometimes, as a lark, we would dress in each other's clothes and spend a whole day as each other. Yet even so, when Jamie was given his first sword, there was none for me. What do I get? I remember asking. We were so much alike. I could never understand why they treated us so differently. Jamie learned to fight with a sword and a lance and mace, while I was taught to smile and sing and please. He was the heir to Casterly Rock, while I was to be sold to some stranger like a horse to be ridden whenever my new owner liked, beaten whenever he liked, and cast aside in time for a younger filly. Jamie's lot was to be glory and power, while mine was birth and moonblood. Jesus. That's so true, though. I mean, women don't get anything. They give everything. Yes. It's so sad. Men, I mean, it's, men's yeah. battle is on the battlefield. It's war and women's battle, at least in this time period, it was said to be in the bed when they were giving childbirth. Yeah. And again, if you talk to... battle. Yeah, if you talk to any woman who's ever given birth to a child, you know that, like, no other pain exists like that on this planet. (laughs) It is so painful that their brains force them to forget it after the fact so they can have more children. That's disgusting. I'm crawling out here right now. (laughs) Her cat, Gemma, is currently just, like, on her boobs and shoulders. Shoulders. (laughs) Just ridiculous. Wagging her tail, twitching her, her tail in my face. This is my life. It's fine. <laughs> and then the last quote, um, which really talks about the difference in power and how you're going to rule, whether it be with an iron fist or with empathy and compassion. And it's between Cersei and Sansa again during the Battle of Blackwater. 
Cersei says to her, another lesson you should learn if you hope to sit beside my son. Be gentle on a night like this and you'll have treasons popping up all about you like mushrooms after a harsh rain. The only way to keep your people loyal is to make certain they fear you more than they do the enemy. Sansa says out loud, I will remember your grace. And then to herself, she thinks that she had always heard that love was a surer route to people's loyalty than fear. If I am ever queen, I'll make them love me. And that right there is the essential difference between Sansa and Cersei. And every time some from the show some show watcher sorry I know I have so much <laughs> disdain in my voice but everyone's always like she learned from Cersei she's gonna be just like Cersei the reality is teachers aren't always there to teach you what to do sometimes your biggest mentors are the people who teach you how not to act yeah. and this quote this is how I always know a book a book reader from a show watcher it's like no <laughs> the real Sansa learned what not to do from Cersei yeah and she is different she chooses love and empathy over fear yeah anyway sorry I got I fully believe passionate. in passionate you got impassioned I strongly believe in, a, in a, a mix of both like a balanced mix of both a fear and love yeah how does that work I mean it works in the way that you love me and if you okay. until you do something that like you do something that is wrong or that's gonna piss me off and then you'll learn to fucking hear me. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, explain yeah. what are you gonna do? Uh chop on your head. Oh <laughs> so what if I betray you? No, when I so when I was a manager, my biggest thing that I told the people who work for me, I'm as nice as you allow me to be. If you do your job and you do your job well and I don't have to continuously tell you to do your job and do it well. I'm going to be the nicest manager you've ever had. Yeah. If you continuously push my buttons and continue to, you know, puff up and peacock at me, bitch, it's on. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's fear. That's just holding people accountable for their actions. Well, yeah, but people <laughs> fear you if you hold them accountable because people don't like accountability. No, they don't. Yeah, that's why people hate certain people is because, I mean, people don't like being held accountable to their own actions if they don't hold themselves accountable. Yeah. So. That. accountability is a huge thing for, we've had that conversation we before. have yeah. okay anyway enough about me <laughs> so all the people you have I mean I have them? more I can refer to but we'll see if we have time okay I have more songs I, I just love the song Rice and Fire I think, yeah, she does. <laughs> I think um, George does a really good job of showing the power of women and it's not just one type of woman it's um, different aspects like Arya and Sansa are on the same trajectory of learning to empathize with people, but it's not the same type of person. Yeah. Arya empathizes with the small folk. Yeah. She gets to truly understand what it's like to live in a world where you are not catered to and waited on hand and foot. But anyway, I think we should go talk about your person now. Yay. <laughs> well, I, I will say before, before we go to my person, um, your George R. R. What's his name? George R. R. Martin. Okay, I was like, oh my god, I'm saying it's wrong. Um, he's like, he's your, he's what Sarah J. Moss is to me, like okay. to you, like writing. Because well, because the, the the strength of her female characters and like gotcha. it's very much so for me when I read books because of my personality and because of the way I am, I usually get drawn more towards the male characters. 
Yeah. Just because I'm just like these female characters are boring and yeah, there's nothing exciting about them. Are you winking at me? No, I'm twitching. <laughs> my eyeball at you. She's still got gel on her chest. Right I now. do. I still have a cat on my like chest. She's winking. What does that mean? <laughs> it's probably cat hair on my fucking eyeball. <laughs> but yeah, so like a lot of my quotes are like Sarah J. Moss quotes that are not necessarily what the women said but what's yeah. said about the women and what the men say to the women because yeah. it's very much the males are perfect in these books because <laughs> they're written by women because they're written by women and they empower their women and <laughs> it's not their women because their women will kill them if they claim, do any sort of claim to them yeah <laughs> but um but yeah i just i want to point that out but let's move on there is no man more perfect than a man written by a woman hell fucking yeah <laughs> that's why we all all of my men are perfect uh but rachel and i have a have a strong love for Legertha of vikings, vikings. yeah uh the She's show amazing so she is is she a real person so Legertha is mentioned in the sagas it's mm-hmm. kind of like um Tomogozen. Yeah. Like Tomogozen is a folk hero that may have existed because the Japanese, um, they weren't sagas. They're very similar, but like the yeah. stories of their huge civil war, which was yeah. the Genpai War, um, they reference her, but there's no archaeological evidence. Mm. It's very similar with Boudica. Boudica. Oh, um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like she existed, but she's almost become more famous after her death because she resisted the Romans. We will be, I will oh, be covering yeah. her at some point sooner rather than later. Well, I say sooner, but well, that's like, yeah. so my character that I will eventually cover. <laughs> Grace O'Malley. Grace O'Malley. Yeah. She's a, a pirate queen from Ireland. And that was, it was, it took a very long time for them to actually like say, yes, she existed and here's why. Yeah. But for the longest time, she was just a folk hero. Like, she was just... Yeah. The you know. legend grew after her death. Yeah. Legertha is the same. She's mentioned as being one of the wives of Ragnar Lothbrook and um, the mother of... I don't think it was Bjorn. No. I think it was a, a different one, like maybe Uba or something. Yeah. But she is mentioned as being, A, a shield maiden who fought in the Viking insurrections, and then... We're scared the shit out of English. Yeah, the <laughs> shield maidens, um, who are very fascinating in their own right, because they yeah. were, it's like, actual warriors that fought alongside the men in the field. And, yeah, she's the supposed mother of one of Ragnar's sons. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I, we love her. Yes. And it may also have to do with the fact that Catherine Winnick plays her in Vikings and I am in love with her and yeah, yeah, she's she's just perfect in every way. (laughs) But so I have a couple quotes from her, which is why I love, I love Legertha and the shield maidens. And she also like is Viking or not. One day we're going to Valkyrie-esque. We're going to dress up as shield maidens for Halloween. Like, yeah, it's going to happen eventually. And it'll be great because my next tattoo will be, a Valkyrie inspired, Legatha nice. inspired. Yeah. Hell yeah. Thing, so I think I showed it to you, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a couple of Legatha quotes. Um, I am a warrior not because I always win, but because I will always fight. Mm, I love that one. Well, that's good. Uh, life is about suffering. There's no escape from it. 
That's the truth. What's important is how we deal with suffering, how we deal with the truth. Which a lot it. of people do not do the truth well. No. Um, I am old enough to know that you can never say for sure what someone else will do. So that, that sounds like it could be a, a Yennefer quote, too. <laughs> this is my favorite. That's very much in response to... I'm sorry. I totally no, interrupted you. The thing I love about Lagertha is when you first pick up with Vikings um, in the season one, she's Ragnar's wife. Yeah, very much Ragnar's wife. And she fully embraces the role yes. of Ragnar's wife. <laughs> of Ragnar's, of being, of being a wife. Yeah. Being a, um, she's still a shield maiden. And I think she accepts the role of Ragnar's wife because Ragnar fully appreciates that she is a shield maiden and can fight right alongside him. Yeah. But then he goes off on his philandering ways. <laughs> what was her name? Oslog? That sounds right. His second wife? Yeah. She's the one who's supposedly the mother of all of the majority of his sons in the sagas. But yeah, so he brings her back. And this is a this was like a, a Norse thing and a Viking thing where men practice polygamy, but similar to Tom Ogozin. Basically, he brought this new woman back who I think was pregnant. Yeah. And she was like, no, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing this. this. I'm not sticking around for this. Like, I love you with all my heart, but my yeah. self respect is higher than my love for you. Mm-hmm. And she leaves. Mm-hmm. Like, she will always love him, but she loves herself more. Yes. And which every woman him. should fucking yes. pick up on. Yes. <laughs> That's why Cat my vote. Yeah, yeah, so this is one of my favorite ones. I don't know if it's actually a quote of hers. It sounds like a quote of hers, but this is just really cool and I like it. So anyway, (laughs) I am iron and I will forge myself. Yeah, I don't know if that's an actual quote, but... I don't think it is, but it's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's definitely a Lagertha. Sounds like something she would say. Yeah, this one's fun. Just because I am a woman doesn't mean you shouldn't fear me. Yes. Boom. Yeah. Very <laughs> Lagertha in in Vikings is very much the like. She's she's like a combination of a female warrior, but she also has political ambitions. So she yeah. goes on to become a jarl. Great. Uh-huh. Earl. Yeah. Earl. I'm just thinking of it because it starts okay. with a J. An earl. <laughs> yeah. She goes on to become an earl, and then um, basically she leads her own little settlement. Yeah. Yeah, eventually cross queen and Vikings, which is yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes. Oh, I love sure her as queen. queen. Yeah, but the, on that note, a true queen does not need a king. True. And she one hundred percent didn't she kill her king? Yes. Yeah, she no, like she killed the earl. She killed her co-earl. Oh yeah, because didn't he? He betrayed her. He stole the earldom from her. Well, yeah, because they married. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. she didn't want to get married, and then he, like, convinced her to marry him, and then he... He became... told her, if you don't marry me, you're going to lose this earldom. Yeah. And she she played... Oh, this is why I love her. She played <laughs> the long game with him. She did. She basically told him, like, when it happened, she was like, I will never forget this, and I will get my comeuppance, and then convinced yeah. him she was in love with him, and on their actual... I think that's when they were actually getting... Yeah. It was when they were married. She stabs him at the wedding ceremony and she, she looks him dead in the eye and she's like, I told you this would happen. Oh, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Love so, her. Yeah, we just, we really like Lagertha because... I'm not saying stab your husband. No, I like, 100% support her. <laughs> but don't force a woman to marry you. Don't marry a piece of shit, ladies. <laughs> no matter what you think you get out of it. 
Oh, this is like one of my favorite scenes from the show. She's so amazing. She is amazing. She is, yeah. I just, and then the the fact that she's so legendary. I cried at her death. In spoiler alert, I still haven't seen it. I fucking straight up was sitting here bawling my eyes out because I'm like, this girl, and she just died, and it's so beautiful, and it it she died exactly the way the the fates told her she'd die, and yeah. She's very, the other thing I I love about her is she's very upfront about everything. Like she's, aside from like the playing the long game with her stupid husband that she kills, (laughs) um, because she is a warrior, she's very much like, I did this thing and it, I have to suffer the consequences. So one of them was she, she goes back to Cadigate and she kills Oslog. Yeah. And Oslog is like, she smiles to herself because she knows her sons, Ivar. Yeah. Ivar, the boneless especially, will avenge her. And when Ivar (laughs) comes to face Lagertha, she's like, yes, I killed your mother and it is your right to avenge her if that is your choice. And if it is, I will fight you on the field. Yep. Again, accountability. She knows she's doing this thing to grasp power, but she also understands that has consequences. Yeah. She's willing every to face move them. you make, every step has... you take, I'll be watching you. I'm gonna go, guys. <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like this quote. Life is about suffering. There's no escape from it. That's yeah. The truth. Yeah. Yeah. And she definitely <clears throat> deals with suffering for very well. Yeah. That poor woman had so much shit happen to her in that show. And just, oof. Yeah. Ugh, her love for Ragnar, though. I. I love that she never goes back to him, but she never loses her love for him either. No. Like they just she goes back to him to Valhalla. Oh, don't tell me. I, you, it's your fault. You've been watching. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always it's one of those you can love somebody. You know, yes, <laughs> you can you can love somebody with all your heart and, and still let them go, and let them go and know that despite the fact that you love them, you aren't right for each other. Yeah. At least. Either in, in this lifetime time, or yeah. in this moment of time. Yeah. You're just, you're not compatible in that regard, but you still have that love. Yeah. It's perfectly okay to love Looking you and... in the eye as I say that. You guys, I'm really uncomfortable right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. So, should I do yeah. Inej next or should okay, I yes, do... Yes, do Inej because I okay. just... So you guys introduced to Inej. So Rachel just <laughs> learned about Inej Gaffa. From Gaffa, shit, I'm gonna forget that. Anyway, um, I think that was the right. If I said it wrong, nobody tell me. Um, she is a character that was introduced in Shadow and Bone, the show on Netflix, which is fucking amazing. And I say that as an avid book reader and lover of the books. The fucking show is amazing. Like the main female protagonist is Alina, but Inej by far overshadowed her. I will say they ruined Alina in the shows because they made her the typical YA character who yeah bats her eyelashes at the boy and meets the boy every five minutes. That was not only in the books. You will read the books and you will learn. Oh yeah, like let me <laughs> remind me to take one home with me. Okay. Um if you break it up I will not <laughs> Just I, kidding, I, I, I know. understand your books are like your children, okay? I'm going to be very careful with your book, I promise. I would be the same oh, way to any of mine. <laughs> Do not hurt her. Do not touch the books <laughs> So one of my favorite quotes from Inej is Inej to Kaz Brecker, which is one of the main characters, 
Um, and she has has issues and he can't connect with people and if you read a the books you'll learn has issues no he's very tragic leave him alone and i love him excuse me unemotionally available because of trauma from his yeah. past and doesn't understand that when you share your trauma you work through it what he figures it out <laughs> but but the whole you know Inej kind of understands that she's falling in love with kaz and, but she also understands that she can't have Kaz because Kaz can't have her like wholly. And there's a whole part of it open up to her. Yeah. There's a whole yeah. scene and it's like, you know, he's, it's just, it's a very, very sweet scene, but also like very empowering because she basically tells him, um, I will have you without armor, Kaz Brecker, or I will not have you at all. I love that. Yeah. And I it's basically that. saying she's like, and it's basically one of those, I love you, but until you can learn to love me the way I need to be loved, yes. yeah, I won't even give you a minute. <laughs> until but you she can still learn, remains loyal to him. Yeah. <laughs> until you can learn how to be brave, because opening up to people and being vulnerable requires a level of courage and bravery. Like, yeah. a lot of people don't talk about that. Yeah. You are opening yourself up to potentially be rejected and hurt. Mm-hmm. But you can't ever truly feel anything deeply yeah. unless you're willing to You do can't that. be afraid to be vulnerable. Yeah. Which a lot of people are, which is why a lot of people settle for things that aren't necessarily deserving of them. Yes. But not an edge. Not an edge. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. And then, so Inej's story is like very brief. She was taken from her parents, sold into slavery, but they passed it off as indenture, and she was sold to one of the um, the brothels. And the menagerie, right? The menagerie, yeah. yeah. And Kaz basically bought her indenture. Actually, Kaz's boss. So Kaz isn't the boss of the gang, which she was in the, okay. in the shows, but he's not the boss of the gang. He's one of the main lieutenants. Gotcha. And so the boss, Kaz convinced the boss to... Okay. buy her indenture because he's like we can use her do they just not want another extra <laughs> character in the show i don't know so the characters from shadow and bone and the characters from six of crow which is kaz jesper yeah and Edge, a separate book series right? they don't they're in the same universe but they never they never cross paths yeah because by the time you meet the crows shadow and bone is all wrapped up okay yeah. That's the impression I got when I was reading about it. Yeah. But I, I, I really liked it. It was very clever how they did this. Yeah. Um, but so so that's her story. She she you know, she she's got her own trauma from that and blah, 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 blah. and there's this quote, she's fighting this other woman who is an assassin, and um the assassin has these delusions of grandeur that she's an heir to the throne blah 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 but um this is i love this paragraph it's a paragraph i'm sorry so you're just gonna have to be i was reading a paragraph it's fine (laughs) all right so inej almost felt sorry for her dunyasha really believed she was the landstock heir and maybe she was but wasn't that what every girl dreamed that she'd wake up and find herself a princess or blessed with magical powers and a grand destiny Maybe there were people who lived those lives. Maybe this girl was one of them. But what about the rest of us? What about the nobodies and the nothing, the invisible girls? We learned to hold our heads as if we were crowns. We learned to wring magic from the ordinary. That was how you survived when you weren't chosen, when there was no royal blood in your veins. When the world owed you nothing, you demanded something of it anyway. I love that last line. You showed me that before. It's a good line. I just, 
I think that's why I love Inej so much is because, you know, a lot more common than not, a lot of, why are you looking behind me like there's something behind me? I'm not. <laughs> Your eyes just kept like, I'll just wandering. stare off in front of me and just face. Please stare into the middle distance, not behind me. <laughs> but no, that's, like a lot of YA characters, more often than not, are, you know, like, and it's a fantasy trope. Yeah, they're 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 destined to be someone, and they're the or they're like you know the lost princess, or there's a prophecy about them, and they're this grand. The hero is from nobility. The hero yeah. has this grand destiny. Yeah, yeah. And then that's just very much not like she's grand in her own way. She starts ordinary. And yeah. She becomes extraordinary through her own. She makes herself grand and. Strength awesome. of will. Yeah. 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 And I think she, that's why I liked her. Like, I already got that, like, just from watching the show. It was like, I don't care about Alina. I'm tired of the trope that's like the the unwilling hero that gets thrust into this thing. Like, when you're told your destiny is to save the world, like, right from the start, and then you're like, oh, no, we don't oh, want no. it. That's literally every fantasy trope, and it's boring, and yeah. it's been done. And Inej was just. This woman of but immense. All of you authors keep writing that because I could say that. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. <laughs> but yeah, Inej, Inej was different. She was just this woman of faith, this woman of willpower, and this fearless, ferocious woman who yeah. wasn't going to let anyone. She didn't bulk from a challenge. Yeah. She, yeah, she made sure that everyone. She looked at him in the eye and she went. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. <laughs> it's from your one of your she sent me. A woman doesn't shy away from danger. She looks at it and she winks. Oh, did I send that to you? I think yeah, so. Probably yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, here's another quote from Inej. Uh, Inej had once offered to teach him, being Kaz, how to fall. Uh, the trick is not getting knocked down. He told her with a laugh. No, Kaz, she said. The trick isn't getting back. Yes, very much a. Everyone says that, but I like, I yeah. like that because it's true. Because we all gonna fall. fall, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop. <laughs> There's this um, TikTok going around of the Kardashians. <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah, stop it, you guys. <laughs> this is what I do it. Oh my God! Last <laughs> last week when I was over here, we were recording the second Agrippina episode. I showed it to Kat. <laughs> I just kept doing it all day. Oh, thank no. you for putting up with You're me. Welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. You're Shit. <laughs> I have another character. Do it. That we both know and love oh so well. Delano. Oh, Killing yes. <laughs> so, um, if you haven't seen Killing Eve, it's this. Oh, we're still. I was like, why are you still talking? <laughs> we're still recording. <laughs> um, so. Killing Eve takes the whole super spy trope, especially the one where the antagonistic spy falls in love with the mark and completely turns it on its head because it's between two women. And Villanelle is the murderous Russian spy. She's a psychopath. She is a psychopath. Yes. you know it's the woman who played in the White Queen. Yes, I know. Or the White Princess, princess excuse yeah, me. Yeah. yeah, I'm very well aware that it's Elizabeth. <laughs> you told me that. I didn't realize oh, it. You told me it, and I looked yeah. it up, and I was just like, oh my God. It sure <laughs> shit is. But yeah, um, there's this 
like the way Eve describes, uh, this is before she meets Villanelle and really understands who Villanelle is, but Eve is an analyst. Yeah. And she, she looks at all of the murders and she tied them all together and basically created a profile of Villanelle before meeting Villanelle. And it was like, this is a, this is a very smart and intelligent woman who is not controlled by her emotions at all. She is incredibly dangerous. And um, yeah, I can't remember the exact quote. I wish I had written it down, but it was just like, she is completely unbothered by everything and she is utterly disciplined and focused. And that is why she is as dangerous as she is. Hell yeah. She's also creepy. <laughs> she is insane. I love it so much. It but they, so I just, I love that they, they took this trope, which has been done. It's been done in like every single James Bond episode, episode movie. Yeah. I mean, there are episodes <laughs> technically every single James Bond episode. Anytime you get a spy film, it's always the, the man who's usually the spy and he, falls in love with his mark and then this really shows what that actually looks like when you have that much of a toxic relationship how dangerous it is okay. because she tries to kill Eve on yeah. several different and they don't shy away from the toxicity of it no, like it's not romanticized not it's, it's it's obviously presented in a comedic light so you know you can kind of laugh while this is happening you laugh but it's yeah. not awkward it's like <laughs> I'm what the scared <laughs> And slightly yeah. turned on right now, but yeah. I'm mostly scared. Oh, you're mostly scared? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, it's a fantastic show, though, and um, the actress who plays Villanelle is just phenomenal yeah. and amazing. She's, she's perfect. Like, she'd be like an Elizabeth Bathory difficult damsel where if I told the story, I'd have to reiterate. I don't actually approve of I don't condone any of this violence. <laughs> But also, what the hell? A yeah. woman did this? Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Villanelle. I love it. I haven't seen the, the most recent I watched season. season three. I haven't seen that one. That was interesting because season three is all about Eve's slow descent into darkness. Ooh. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. There's a song in it. You also learn a little bit about Villanelle's um, backstory. You meet her family. Yeah, and there's a song that plays, and it's um, I'm gonna attempt to sing it, but it's I see darkness in you. It's so creepy, but oh my like, god, yes, beautiful, <laughs> but mostly creepy. But mostly, it's really creepy. It's very <laughs> creepy, especially the context in which the song plays in the episode. It's just like a very disturbing thing happened, and it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very good show. Highly yeah. recommend. Yay! Anyone who likes difficult dances, this is it's like the ultimate. So I, so one of my favorite books, and this is actually a very recent favorite book, um, or book series is *The Court of Thorns and Roses* by Sarah J. Maas. You've mentioned that before, yeah. I. It's so funny because I had always seen that book and always had it in my like to read pile, but never, you know, there's always something else to read before it and. When I worked at Fan Fusion with Sparkle Designs, if you guys ever want to have cute fucking jewelry, pop culture jewelry, go to Sparkle yeah. Designs. Um, she uh, she had something, that, a quote from that series. And I was like, that is so beautiful. What is that from? And she told me, and she's like, oh yeah, my cats are named after the characters. Like she was super into it. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to read that. And it was like the fifth time I said it. And finally, one of my friends, Brenda, 
Um, hi, Brenda. Hi, Brenda. Um, <laughs> she was like, you have to read this book. Like, you'll totally love this character. And it's not the main character. And she was spot on with the character I'd fall in love with. Yeah. But um, so I love Farrah's character because she starts out as this nobody and something happens and then she gets thrust into the world of the Fae and she ends up at the end of the books becoming a very, very powerful person in that world. And it's one of those things where it's still a very male driven world. Mm-hmm. And so she, she does everything in her power, but also her, her person who I can't say because it'll get confusing. The person she's with holds her up and lets her be Cat is gesticulating. Right I'm gesticulating hard right now, guys. Like very <laughs> but anyway, so there's a couple quotes from that series that I'm just super in love with because they're very much, you know, you, you don't let anything make you not want to be who you are. And yeah, don't let anything stop you from being what you want to be. So, oh, this is really small. <laughs> so one of them is only you can decide what breaks you. Which I, I like love. That. That's very true. That's going to be one of my tattoos it's like an for sure. Roosevelt quote that's, um, I'm paraphrasing, but it's something along the lines of, nobody has the power to break you except for the power you gave them. Oh, something fuck like yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. See what I got to say from that? Cats are eating really loud, guys. <laughs> uh, Gemma was like licking the wall. That seems right. <laughs> She's your special child. She is my special child. <laughs> and then there's also a series from the other ones don't. I mean, this is from that series. So my tattoo. Go ahead and read it, Rachel. To the stars who listen and the dreams that are is that answered? <laughs> yes. That's one of them. It's not really a it's just that was one like of those lines. Me read, I, was not prepared. I know. <laughs> That's one of those lines that just like hit me like yeah. in my soul when I was like, I literally read that line and then got the tattoo like a week later. There's a <laughs> line, it's from um it is from Ariane Martel from a song of Ice and Fire, mm-hmm. character who never made the show. She is basically the heiress to House Martel. Okay. So the interesting thing about House Martel is everywhere else in Westeros, um, the line of succession completely excludes women unless I roll my eyes hard guys. <laughs> yeah. Unless literally all the men die first. Mm-hmm. Um, but not in Dorne in Dorne women are observed as having equal rights oh. in their kingdom. So Ariane is the eldest. So she is the heir. And then again, there's more siblings. So Quentin has been sent off. Quentin's her younger brother, um, middle brother, and she believes her father is about to set her aside to make her brother the heir. And that's, again, like the, the thing about the Martell storyline is it's all about miscommunication. And she didn't know it, but her father was planning to marry her to Viserys so mm-hmm. she could be queen of the Seven Kingdoms. Oh, hell yes. And then make the brother the Prince of Dorne. Oh, she so, didn't know because they didn't communicate. Yeah. Yes. So she was right, but 100% wrong. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And so this is one of her quotes and she's thinking to her. Intentions matter, people. <laughs> it does. Well, intentions matter, but so does communication. Yeah. Like it's not her fault that her dad didn't let her in yeah. on this. Dude, you gotta let me in on this. <laughs> yeah. So she's, she's thinking to herself, he is not going to steal my birthright. And she says this. 
Do you see that star, Quentin? That's Nymeria's star, burning bright, and that milky band behind her? Those are 10,000 ships. She burned as bright as any man, and so shall I. Oh, and I love, I that love any quotes with stars. But... She burned as bright as any man, and so shall I. That's like, that's a, that's a tattoo right there oh, waiting yes. to happen for sure. I'm so happy that you are all in tattoos now. I, I had to get, I really had to get past um, the first one. And I still have to be in the right mood for it. Because yeah. like, I don't like pain. I really don't. It's my, tattoos are like my therapy. Like, yeah. I love, I just, it makes me happy. Yeah, I know there's there's several people in my life who've mentioned that um, ink therapy is a very real thing for them. Yeah, it helps them. It helps them get out of their heads, and it reminds them that whatever whatever pain they can survive, withstand, yeah, withstand or endure from the tattoo needle is. If they can survive that, they can survive anything. So mine is more of, and I I told my. I tried to explain this to my mother. My parents, well, my father is very against tattoos. My mother is against them, but will not begrudge me them because I explained it to her in this way. Yeah. So I told her that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> there it is. Perfect. <laughs> so I told her that every tattoo I get has meaning. Um, and it does, but. It's also, when I look at my tattoos, it's a reminder of a happy time. It's a reminder of how I felt when I read this quote on my arm, or it's, you know, looking down at my Geralt or Witcher tattoo. Yeah, Yeah. you know, always be as strong as Jennifer, you know, it's it's a way for me to remember the good things in my life when it's very, very hard to remember good things in my life. I like that. So yeah, that's a way of looking at it. So when I'm covered in tattoos. (laughs) Mom. Like for me, it's definitely there's no ink therapy about it. Like I'm I love I'm sorry, I love watching you crying the whole time. I'm not crying. Get tattoos. But I'm like she's she's definitely I get very focused. Very tense. Yeah. <laughs> you tried like, to read the first tattoo you got. You I have a picture of your book on your face. Oh my god, I because that. you wanted to read to be distracted and you didn't want to look at the tattoo happening. But then, you know, the pain was fun. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a thing. I have a, I have a picture of Rachel laying on the tattoo chair. The tattoo's on her ankle. And there, she's got her book on her face. Yeah. That was um, miserable. That times. was not fun. But yeah, for me, the tattoos are very similar to you. It's less about remembering things, good things in my life. And it's more every tattoo is deliberate it means something very deeply to me and it's a way of expressing stuff on the inside on the outside yeah so every if you know i have a couple of a couple more tattoos planned they will all be representative of me yeah and it's also me overcoming the pain from the actual experience mm-hmm. of getting a tattoo and it's also me really coming into myself and being confident enough to say these are the things I care about. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. More uh, therapy, <laughs> therapy treatments. Uh, I'll just. I think we should wrap this up. Do we want to do our random question, the power one? I don't know, but before we wrap it up and before we answer that question, okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna list some things that some 
quotes that I have on here that actually tie into the tattoo thing because they are eventually going to be tattoos. Okay. So one of them is, um, it's going to tie in with like a bigger tattoo, but it's, you do not fear, you do not falter, you do not yield. Nice. I love that one. Very um, resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one, the full quote is, you could rattle the stars, you could do anything if only you dared. I love that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to get, you could rattle the stars. I, I fucking love that. That's yeah. awesome. It's that Sarah J. Moss. And then, what else? I think that's it, for the most part. Oh, I like this one. I don't know if I'm going to get as tattoo, but it's, it's a good reminder. Remember that you are a wolf and you cannot be caged. I have, so after this moon tattoo slash Sansa start slash moon phases, it keeps growing in my head. We need to do our consultation. <laughs> no, I want it to be like the, a sleeve, turn into like a sleeve or a half sleeve. So after this one. I'm just going to wait, guys. <laughs> my friend Mandy and I are going to get a Kingsglaive tattoo. Oh, I finally know what you're talking about. So Sorry, little, do you remember Nick's had the like little bird on his neck oh, tattoo? Yeah. So we're going to get something like that. I may actually get it right there. Hell yeah. And then, because I love quotes with everything, um, one of the quotes from the movie was, um, not all miracles are made of magic. So. You know, I've watched that movie like three times. Have <laughs> you really? Oh my God, I'm yeah. so happy. It's so good, right? Yeah, it's amazing. It's good. It's my... Uh, I'm I, also in love with a fucking cartoon character. It's embarrassing. have him. He's mine. Yeah, <laughs> Nix is my ideal man, like truly. I well, I told you when we were watching it that I had the saved visual. pictures yeah. of this character as a visual representation of the character but I'm his, writing right now. His essence as a man, in that he like he truly puts other people above himself, and he will do the right thing, even if it's the hard thing, even if it gets him killed. Yeah, for the sake of everyone else. Yeah, like truly, like that is. Just piss. Like that is that is what I would look for in a yeah partner. yeah um yeah that's my comfort movie. Like I don't I'm, know if I want that as a as a partner because then I just feel like that would get out of hand fast. <laughs> like I can't have you sacrifice yourself Babe, for the can world. You stay I home for five me. fucking minutes because I need me time. <laughs> Well, you'll notice, like, I mean, aside from his amazing chemistry with Luna, he doesn't oh, God, yeah. have an actual love interest in the movie. No, he's because just he his... doesn't, He's he devotes himself to everyone else. Yeah. And I feel like that, on the surface, is beautiful, but as as a other half person thing? You, you know my thing. I was talking about this with my <laughs> friends. I have... I love a good tragedy. Mm, yes. I love it. If it's not making me cry, what's the point? I love, <laughs> I always tell, I always joke with people. I'm like, I love tall, dark and tragic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I love tall, dark and selfless, I guess. You do. Yeah. Which often ends up being tragic. Yeah. Very. <laughs> but yeah. Oh my gosh. This has been, a, this has been fun. I like it, It's, it's been nice to like, like yesterday I normally again would be writing yeah. or editing the episode and I was able to just relax and just watch the the last kingdom. We said we're gonna do that and I've been doing yeah. it. And yeah, will, this was really fun. I like I will this. eventually write my episode. It's just been good. i it's been crazy. I got promoted and then I got this so backup dog handler thing and then I'm doing overtime for my old unit. That's just my life So the cool. end of June, I'm going to Lake Arrowhead. Where's that? 
It's near Big Bear in California. Oh, okay. So my, um, it's for Mandy's birthday and, um, couple of us are going up there so i'm gonna be gone for the whole week oh so that God. might be another time that'll be when i write it <laughs> yeah we'll see i'm gonna well start. i'm gonna actually like sit down and write it eventually yeah but it'll just depend. It, it'd be nice like you don't even have to record it right away but if you have it written down yeah nice. as like a yeah like a, i don't want to do this this week let's do yours okay. um but yeah so yeah this is fun next not next week like two weeks from now It'll, we'll be back on schedule. I won't tell you who it's going to be, but we're staying in the ancient world. I was like, do I know who it's going to be? You know. <laughs> I know. And it's a hundred years before the time of Agrippina. This is the time of Julius Caesar. That is your hint. I'm sure you can figure out who I'm talking about. I'm never going to be able to hear Julius Caesar and not think of that dog. I know. <laughs> That's a, no one's going to understand. No one's going to understand fine. that. It's fine. It's fine, guys. I have yeah, we rescued a dog and we named him Julius Caesar. And the the yes. rescue that I gave him to <laughs> kept the name, so I'm really excited about that. Oh, I didn't tell you that. No, didn't. yeah, the rescue kept his name. Good to know. Yep. So she's like, yeah, he is kind of regal. He's very regal. Yeah. So yeah, you guys go to AZ Small Dogs Rescue. Yes. And you find a dog named Julius Caesar. He's adorable. Go He's adopt adorable. him if you live in Arizona. <laughs> but yeah, so. uh yeah, two weeks from now, well, it, it's going to be another multi-part series because there's a lot of information on this amazing woman who everyone's heard about, but I bet you nobody knows a thing about. No, nope. so I'm excited. I just knew the name. Yep. So you guys definitely let us know what you think about this type of episode. If yeah. you like it, if you don't like it, we like it because it's easy. It's easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's very conversational. I think every every now and then, like I definitely need a break. Just to, I think it's been like it's been six months since I've had a legitimate Friday where I didn't have to worry about writing. That sounds terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I feel bad because I'm like Friday, I get off early, I come home and I read. (laughs) We would love to hear from you though, so let us know what you think. Um, As always, you can reach us at difficult.damsels at gmail.com, and we're also on Facebook and. Instagram-ish, kind of, sort of. Um, you did a post last <laughs> I time. I did a post last time, time, yeah. I just copied and pasted it, but it was and, there. And um, rate and review us and subscribe. Five stars only, yes, motherfucker. Or will delete it. Rachel will delete it. But that's, <laughs> I won't actually. I might. I don't, do we I even have the power? Do we have the authority to delete it? Do. Son of a bitch. Five stars only, assholes. <laughs> like, I'll find a way. No, but yeah, and um, that's, that's how you get the the podcast out to the universe yeah yeah let us know if you guys have any literary characters that you, you love you love and you're inspired by cool. and any quotes we love quotes we're we quote, love quotes. we're quote fiends yes we <laughs> and as always stay difficult stay difficult <laughs>